1: what would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment.
0: Welcome to a new episode of Lane Grant Holy Land's recruiting-centric podcast, The Dotted Line. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we talk to Ohio State and national recruiting experts, LGHL's own recruiting analysts, and even recruits themselves. On today's episode, I am joined by Shane Bailey, who Ohio State fans who are anywhere around the Twitter machine likely know as at Buckeyes Cruton. Shane is one of our recruiting analysts here at LGHL as well. Shane, welcome back.
1: Uh, thank you for having me once again.
0: So, we are just a couple days out from the Tulsa game, and things have not gone especially well for Ohio State on the field this season. Um, Did not go how many of us thought they would. But, obviously, this is a recruiting podcast, Shane, and I want to kind of talk to you about how... Things have gone on the recruiting trail in light of the fact that the Buckeyes have been fairly unimpressive and underachieved. So far during the first three weeks of the season. And I think the best place to start that conversation is with the Ohio State-Oregon game. Uh, Caleb and I talked about it before uh, the game. That was supposed to be the big recruiting day of the entire season. Tons of guys were there, big name guys. There were some guys that weren't able to make it, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But the game left a lot to be desired um, but I want to start with the guy who Caleb and I kind of said was the biggest recruit there. And that is the number one player in the 2024 class, at least according to 24-7 sports uh, individual rankings. For, they don't have composite rankings yet for the uh, the 2024 class. But that is a South Carolina quarterback, Jaden Davis, who has long been at the top of Ohio State's board. And Ohio State has long been on the top of his board. He was in Columbus for the Oregon game didn't get the win um but how did his visit go beyond that
1: well yeah and I've been talking about Jaden Davis all summer too he's definitely the future in the quarterback position 2024 uh this kid is unbelievable and his trip you know like you said Oregon game didn't exactly go how we wanted it to go that's putting it lightly uh but uh all in all it looks like it looks and sounds like he had a Another great trip to Ohio State. Um, he got, It looks like in an article by Steve Wolf. He got some uh, 24-7 sports. He had some quotes from Jaden, uh, his father, Jeremiah, uh, who said that they were able to speak to Gene Smith, um, spoke to him, and he also ran into the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I assume was probably oh. there doing some scouting yeah. for uh, <laughs> for the NFL because, you know, Ohio State and Oregon both are filled with future NFL talent there. Um, but he also had mentioned how awesome the environment was. Uh, it was very loud in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I know some Ohio state fans are always complaining about how the environment is is too soft and everyone's sitting down. And, and but it really sounds like that. He was pretty impressed with, with how, how loud the, the horseshoe had gotten and how much the, uh, the fans were really cheering on the TV, even though once again, we didn't really show up there, but you know, <laughs> uh, it also looks like, um, Another quote that he had was that from the two visits they had took, um, they said Ohio State is big time football. Everybody's involved. They called it the SEC of the Midwest. Uh, they said it was a great, great atmosphere, and that Coach Day is an absolutely outstanding developer of quarterbacks. And, and you know, I keep coming back on here, and we keep coming back to the same thing about the the breaks in between classes, skipping a class for each elite quarterback, and that was actually something that they talked about in this interview as well and they said. Uh, they looked at how the quarterback stuff translates as far as recruiting with Quinn Ewers reclassifying to the 2022 there's an empty space between him and Jaden. And that was a quote from his father. So, you know, that's obviously something they're looking at. And I think is to actually be something that can help Ohio state in this instance with Quinn Ewers going up a year and the 2023, 2024 quarterback classes getting a little bit more space in there. So we don't have quite a bit of a log jam as we do right now with the quarterback position.
0: Yeah, that lock jam is going to get increasingly interesting as we uh, hear more and more calls from fans who want to uh, see somebody other than C.J. Stroud behind or under center, because he was under center a lot more than we've seen in a long time uh, this past Saturday against Tulsa. But about Jaden Davis, we said he's the number one player according to 24-7 now. Again, no composite rankings um, are available yet, but... He's having a pretty good fall for his uh, high school football team, the uh, uh, Catawba Ridge High School in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Um, I I know you aren't necessarily uh, paid to follow South Carolina high school football, uh, but you said he's had a pretty good season so far and does not seem to want to be giving up that number one ranking anytime soon.
1: Oh no, yeah, I, I think this is going to be one of those instances where he runs the gambit, one number one to number one, because <laughs> this kid has a has a cannon of an arm. Uh, and it looks like I I have his max press page here. It looks like so far this fall he has 776 yards, nine touchdowns, and one interception, with when he's 52, 52 and 92 passing. So yeah, he's uh already off to a very hot start this uh, sophomore season. And uh, I don't think that's going to slow down. I think this is one of the kids that is going to be just like the whole Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, even the Quinn Hubers type train eventually when we start getting closer to 2024.
0: So we talked about the fact that like there's these gaps in between years, especially now with Quinn Huber's reclassifying. It's a bigger gap than there would have originally been between him and Jaden Davis. Obviously, we don't know what the hell is going to happen with the quarterback position with the guys who are currently at Ohio State. I feel pretty strong that Quinn Ewers is going to be here for the duration. What happens with everybody else? Who knows your gut instinct and what you say, what you are hearing and seeing. Obviously, Ohio State is still recruiting 2023 guys, especially Um, but if you had to make a guess on it, and we've talked about this a lot, this, but quarterback is the most important position on the entire team. I'm interested what your thoughts are now that we've seen a little bit more from Jaden Davis in his recruitment, he's going to a bunch of other schools, making the rounds. What is your gut reaction as to how the quarterback recruiting will play out between now and his class in 2024?
1: That's very interesting because I know that's something that they were also looking at with um, the class of 2023 quarterback, Arch Manning. Uh, Obviously everybody knows Archie Manning. So (laughs) Arch Manning is is one of the best quarterbacks in 2023. And I know i had seen in some of the uh, recruiting articles that Jaden Davis was also talking about keeping an eye out on where he had, where he was going to be going to school. So that's something also to keep an eye on is the Arch Manning sweepstakes uh, and see, see how those dominoes fall. Because I know uh, he, it looks like Jaden visited uh, uh, Georgia last week and there was an article on their 24-7 page about um, how apparently Kirby Smart was telling them that, that Jaden Davis is their, is their planned successor for the 2024 season. And if they land Arch Manning, they have this big plan and all that you know, nonsense that Kirby Smart uh, rattles off anytime he talks to recruits probably. Uh, but, uh, I think, I think the Ohio state's really good. I think Jane Davis is definitely at the top of their board period of any class right now. Uh, and I'm not sure if that's going to affect how they recruit in 2023, especially with all the quarterbacks we have in the room right now, there's definitely going to be transfers. Probably like I'm assuming there's going to be transfers, uh, but it's also going to depend on how many transfers, how many quarterbacks they plan on taking in 2023. If they're just going to take one and then a grad transfer, or if they, only go the grad transfer route just for for depth purposes, and, and really try and, and shoot for the stars of twenty twenty four. It's a you could go any which direction these days with the, with how, how the portal is. So it's it's definitely interesting, and we'll we'll see how that's gonna pan out here.
0: Yeah, I mean, getting either uh Jaden davis or arch manning would be a good thing for ohio state so i don't know that you turn down either one of them if if they want to come to ohio state if arch manning says hey i want to be a buckeye you take him and then you figure out what you do with Jaden davis he probably won't come but if you are guaranteed as much as a commitment is a guarantee these days but if arch manning says i'm coming to ohio state even if Jaden Davis is your number one on your board, you you take him because Jaden Davis is a year later and not a guarantee. If, if someone wants to commit like Arch Manning, you, you go ahead and take him at that moment. So it'll be interesting. I, I'm glad that he had a good time in Columbus, despite the fact that Ohio State didn't win. But uh, hopefully next time he's on campus is for an official visit sometime. I mean, maybe he comes for another unofficial during his junior year or, or something. But uh, but hopefully next time he's on campus, whenever that might be, involves a win for the Buckeyes. Now, Mm -hmm. there's another guy um, who's a little bit more of an immediate need for Ohio State um, who has just made a kind of surprising announcement, um, and that is uh, Cedar Grove High School uh, defensive lineman Christian Miller. He's a 2022 recruit, number 111 in the class, a four-star defensive lineman. He is from Ellenwood, Georgia. He had been previously crystal balled to USC, But when he announced his final two, the Trojans were not included, obviously, with the firing of of the head coach. Obviously, those things can change. But it was down to his in-state Georgia Bulldogs and Ohio State. So we've talked a lot about in recent podcasts the lack of offensive and defensive linemen so far in the 2022 class, which is starting to get a little concerning. I mean, like, for a while, we've said, oh, there's plenty of time, but, like, not a, that much time left anymore when you start thinking about there's like two and a half months before the early signing period and you've got to get some guys in there so what do we know about Christian Miller what do we know about his decision making process um, and what do we know about where he stands in terms of the Buckeyes
1: oh yeah so it's definitely a bit surprising that he had dropped USC because he was the crystal ball favorite definitely was was leaning towards that direction and then I'm not sure if it was – I'm assuming it's probably mostly due to the coaching change there. Um, But I know he also had an outstanding trip to Ohio State during the uh, Oregon game. Um, He – one of the things that he made a point of talking about was seeing uh, Jack Sawyer and JT uh, make all those plays out there as true freshmen and that how any defensive tackle would Mm -hmm. absolutely love to play with those two elite defensive ends. Uh, and so that was an interesting thing he brought up that I didn't really think about a lot in terms of his improvement was that he saw two at uh, true freshman defensive ends that were making an impact, maybe not the biggest impact yet, but they're still on the field. And how he would say that stated that he would love to play with defensive ends like that to for them to help eat up the blockers and allow the defensive tackles to get more more plays. And I think that's, that's something that Ohio State has definitely got working for it. Is, uh, is some um, good young defensive ends that he could come in and help grow with uh, as he grows up and matures with the system and all that. Um, now, he says he was no longer considering USC and that it was down to Ohio State and Georgia. He's only taken officials so far in Ohio State and USC, so he still has his official visit left to UGA. So obviously that's going to be a big visit for him and, and, and where do the Buckeyes stand on his board? Um, it looks like he's... Planning to announce January seventh at the All American Bowl, so there is still a little bit There's more time, uh, yeah, for Christian there. Yeah, so uh, we'll see if he if he moves that up or, or or moves it back or who knows when they're when everyone decides these days. So that's his plan as of right now. It says as to as he said that January seventh would be his date, and that he was down to Ohio State and Georgia. Georgia. Um, also, going to be interesting to see how the Ohio State defensive tackle board plays out as we get closer to the national signing day with, with uh, Christian Miller and, and Caden Curry. And um, I know there's some other ones. Oh, here can do as well. Um, or Kano, I think that's how you pronounce it. My apologies. Uh, so I think, I think we definitely have some options on the board, but I definitely think Christian Miller is, is pretty high up there as far as uh, prospects that Ohio State would be willing to take right now.
0: Yeah, the defensive line board has been uh, a little bit weird because there were times fairly recently when we thought that um, we were going to get booms like within days, Um, and they just haven't happened. And it's it's a weird situation um, that a position that has been so good for Ohio State that has one of the most well-respected position coaches in the country um, hasn't been able to land guys, whether that's like we thought Gabriel Brownlow Dindy could be in there at some point. Um, you mentioned Caden Curry, who I want to talk about here in a minute. Chris McClellan, we thought was, I mean, literally, he said when he was on campus over the summer, he almost committed to Larry Johnson. Now it seems like he's trending towards his home state Sooners. Um Curtis Neal, we thought, could be a, a Buckeye at one point. He's a lower-rated guy, but he ended up at Wisconsin. So it's just been a weird kind of deal with the defensive line this year. So if they can get a German-born hero Canoe um, to commit, that's great. Christian Miller, that's great. Um, but it's just been a weird, weird deal on the defensive line this year, and I don't know exactly what to make with it. But you mentioned Caden Curry. Who is another defensive lineman? He is from Greenwood, Indiana. Goes to Center Grove High School. A number, uh, the number sixty-nine, nice player in the country. A four-star recruit. He is still considering a ton of programs: Indiana, Alabama, Clemson, Oregon. He does have one crystal ball prediction, and it is for the Buckeyes. But it comes from the Florida State Insider. So unless it's coming from Bill Curler or Steve Wilfong, I'm not putting a ton of. Um, thought into that one but um in this need for defensive linemen Shane like where where do things stand with Caden Curry do we know a timeline for when he's looking to decide what he's also going to the All-American Bullets so I guess it could be in January but um what what are we thinking with with Curry and the remainder of his recruitment
1: I think uh I definitely feel more confident in Curry than Christian Miller at this point I think Ohio State's been one of the Constance in his recruitment from the start to now. Uh, and he had another uh, good visit to Ohio State. This time was his official visit. Um, it looks like last weekend, he also, or this past weekend, he also visited Indiana uh, officially mm-hmm. when they have played Cincinnati. Uh, and it looks like he has two more official visits left. Um, and he's trying to, or three more, sorry. And it looks like he's trying to go to Clemson, Alabama, and Oregon as well. So this is another one. And, and and that's really what I think is, is going on with this year's defensive line recruiting is that a lot of the top players that Ohio state likes to get committed and committed early. A lot of them are waiting longer this year. So it's, it's going to be interesting because obviously we don't want to take a player just to get a, a player fill in a position. And this year, so many of the defensive tackles and defensive ends aren't going to be deciding until you know American bowls and and, and possibly after that. So, it's 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 always a juggling act with the Ohio State coaches and who th- who they can accept and commit from, or should they take someone too early and risk running off another person? Uh, and that's I think this year definitely the biggest thing with with the reason of not having very many defensive linemen committed is that just just the fact that so many of them aren't committing until January. Yes. As it looks like also as well that Kaden Curry is going to be taking the rest of his three visits and. Also, a return trip looks like to Ohio State, which is good news for us, uh, to visit us for the Penn State game. So that hopefully will happen. And I hope to God they finally give us a night game for a recruiting visit, for recruiting visits. And we don't have another big noon kickoff because I'm about done with this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal.
0: We were going to talk about this at the end, but let's talk about it now. You went on a little bit of a mini rant on Monday on Twitter about um, noon games versus night games. And I don't think necessarily that you were talking strictly about recruiting, but since this is our recruiting podcast, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about how these noon games impact recruiting. And I understand we've talked about this. I've, I've had Ben Koo from Awful Announcing on here to talk about why fox is doing these uh these noon games with the big 10 they want to own that window the big 10 always draws eyeballs especially if it's ohio state so i get it from a broadcasting and a financial situation for fox and i understand that ohio state doesn't really have a choice when it comes to this because they have uh contracts with with fox but it does suck in a lot of respects i don't mind some noon games i don't mind some big games being at noon but when you constantly have them in you know, you get Akron for a night game instead on BTN. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's a bit different. So for people who don't understand, explain how night games can be advantageous beyond just the better environment when it comes to recruiting because it also plays in pretty heavily to scheduling as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And my 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 Twitter rant started today because I uh, I saw that Penn State had yet another night game against Indiana where they were doing a stripeout or something like that. I don't know, uh, but I, I saw organic. that. Yeah, exactly. And I saw that, and it makes you, makes you think. I was like, okay, Penn State has that's this is now their second uh, great night game that's going to almost assuredly have a. a, a all-star list of recruits that are going to come and visit for it. Because like you said, I mean, the, the, night games, atmospheres usually are better, but the biggest thing is for these recruits on the West coast, they, they have their games Friday nights. So, you know, you're playing Friday night lights games start at six, seven o'clock. God knows how late, how late that some of them can, can go. And then what they're supposed to just go, go to bed, get up at like what 6am in the morning, fly out to Columbus for cool. a noon game.
0: Not even because they're three hours behind. So six a.m. Yeah, yeah, there would exactly. be nine a.m. here. So they, I don't even know if they have flights early enough. They'd have to almost take the red eye after yeah, exactly. a game mm-hmm. to to get here.
1: Yeah, and that's that's it, it, happened with multiple, multiple recruits this year that were supposed to be visiting Ohio State for the Oregon game. One of them being uh, one of the biggest offensive lineman targets, left Ernest Green out uh, out there in St. John Bosco, California, home of Wyatt Davis, uh, and he was supposed to be coming to the Oregon game, uh, Ohio State-Oregon game, but their game ended too late Friday, and they couldn't, like you said, they couldn't get the flights out early enough to, to see the game on Saturday at noon. So, and same thing, but there was also another trio of prospects from St. John Bosco that are a, bun- a bunch of elite prospects in 2024, um, safety and quarterback prospects from out there. They were supposed to be coming to visit for the Oregon game, they're on his team, obviously. So they had the same predicament. They couldn't get out here in time. And, and that's just one of the things that I, what, you, you want to have these night games to make a, a spectacle. You want to have this big, uh, awesome environment. I mean, obviously everybody sees the whiteout that Penn state has, even though they're what eight and seven in it. Uh, but yeah, it's just something that you can show these recruits. Like this is it, this is the big time. This is, this is Ohio state football. And then we put Akron at night. So like, it just, I know it's just—I know it's—it's mostly Fox. It's got to be Fox yeah, because they want to have Fox. their big their big noon kickoff. They want to have this big time slot all to themselves. But I, if I was Gene Smith or Ryan Day, I honestly tell Fox, like, please, like, give us something here because I think what what the last time I looked at the schedule today, and uh, and Oklahoma. someone else had also pointed, yeah, pointed it out on Twitter. The last night game that Ohio State had—that was a big game—was 2017, the Oklahoma game where uh we unfortunately we had lost but still like that's that's what 27 that's four years ago like we come on now <laughs> i know we had covid last season but yeah that's, that's still, four years still, too many to have a big night game
0: yeah there were still no night Columbus. games there either so mm-hmm. yeah and, and the thing is is like uh I don't know if this is, an, I think it's an official rule or it might be an unofficial rule. I'm almost positive it's an official rule that the Big Ten does not play night games um, in November for obvious reasons because, I mean, I guess climate change might not make this true anymore, but for a long time, it gets really cold in November in the Big Ten country. <laughs> so you yeah. don't have night games uh, in November. So really, you've got two months of potential night games. So at most, you know, six, depending on how many road games you play, five depending on if you you know the, your, the front half of your big 10 schedule is loaded with road games so you don't really have a lot of opportunities and depending on how the schedule lines up there's maybe one or two opportunities to have good games uh, at night for any given team for Ohio State mm-hmm. or whomever Oregon was definitely one and they've really the only other one on the schedule is 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 Penn State. I guess Maryland is playing pretty well this year. They've got a win over West Virginia and they're undefeated, so good for them. So you could have put that at night, but they're not. That's going to be a noon game. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the only other team they play, um, you know, they don't really play any other teams at home uh, left. So you've got Rutgers on the road, you've got Indiana on the road, and that's the end of, of October when you get to Penn State. So um, if Ohio State and Penn State is at noon, like I expect it to be, that means that there will be no marquee matchups at night for Ohio State this season at home. I would not be surprised if Ohio State in Indiana. Yeah, I don't know what else is that week. I guess that could be a noon kickoff, but a lot of times Ohio State plays night games at Indiana too. So, yeah. so we'll, we'll see. Absolutely,
1: get a night game on the road. I can guarantee we'll play another night game on the road, but they're yeah. not going to give us one.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> so who knows? It's it's a weird thing and. I generally don't care for me. Like, it doesn't bother me. Like, I'm fine with noon games. It means that for all of us doing articles and stuff after the game, like, it means we've got plenty of time. You know, so that's fine from, like, a selfish uh, blogger perspective and a podcaster perspective. But, like, from an actual substantive impact on the football program – it really sucks not to have any night games, both from an energy and excitement level for the recruits, but also for that scheduling. So I wish that they could find a way to negotiate with the, with the, with with Fox and all the other TV partners to say, look, you can't give us every noon game. And I don't know how you yeah. do that, working into whatever the next TV deal is, but we will see if that actually changes and we'll f- cross our fingers for uh, Penn State, Ohio State at night. The night... The night before Halloween, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was
1: gonna say. The night before Halloween, there's probably also gonna be playoff baseball on or something like
0: that, or or was October? Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. That could be on Fox too, because Fox yeah. has a lot of baseball. So exactly,
1: yeah. That's how we got screwed out of the games last year, or was it last two years ago? Mm-hmm. Was it was during the World Series, and everybody was saying, "Oh, we can't have the night games. Fox has to put the World Series on." Yeah, it's a it's a it's just a big mess, and just like you said, not playing the night games in November. We got Purdue and, and Michigan State back to back weekends at home, and and I feel like either of those would be a fun night game to have.
0: Yeah, especially I mean, both of them are undefeated. Ohio State's not. Michigan yeah. Michigan State looks you know pretty good. I mean, consp- consp- especially because they only won two games last year, they've already won three, and Kenneth. Uh, Kenneth Walker III, I think is his name. I hope I didn't screw up his last name. Kenneth Walker III is a beast at running back. And yeah, Mel, yeah, absolutely. Mel Tucker, former Ohio State assistant. So Yeah, and they're uh, even
1: currently ranked right, oh, right now, obviously. Yeah. This isn't until late year, but they're ranked 20th right now. So. I, take it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I,
0: I'll take anything. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, let's wrap it up, Shane. Your weekly column looking at the current players in the 2022 class comes out on Tuesday. So depending on the timing of the article on this podcast and when you're listening in or reading things on the site, um, it might be already out or it will be coming out soon. You've been on a recent run of receivers, I believe, and this week you are con- continuing that with uh, cojo Antwi, who committed to ohio state the day after independence day the summer on july 5th he's the number 127 player in the country a four-star wide receiver out of uh, swanee georgia lambert high school uh, when i coached uh, baseball and softball in uh, georgia they were in our conference so i know lambert which was a fairly new school at the time pretty well um he is number 127 in the composite rankings, like I said, 24-7 sports, who I think has the most accurate of of individual site rankings, has him as number 71. Um, So that's encouraging. Um, This is an interesting dude, interesting backstory. Um, What can you tell us about him um, that Ohio State fans need to know, especially because There's still some time between now and uh, signing day, and those in state Georgia Bulldogs really like him.
1: Yeah, and I know that he's, there was some rumors going around that he might have visited Georgia over this past weekend. So I'm not 100% certain if that is accurate or not. So I can't, I'm not going to (laughs) say with any certainty. But if that is true, I mean, you got to recruit these guys all the way to signing day, and there's nobody I'd rather have on that case than Coach Hartline. So I think this one is just a case of maybe just making absolutely sure that he wants to be here. Uh, and I don't think there's going to be much of an issue with Kojo there. And, I, and I'm writing about him in my article this week, like you said, the last receiver uh, for this article series and just watching some of his tape. He's an absolutely elite route runner. And that's just something that I feel like you always see with the, with the recruits that Ohio state is, is going after these days. Uh, is just the route running is just a source of pride for coach Hartline and, and zone six. And, and the, I noticed immediately when watching Kojo on tape, that he just, he sets up the defensive backs to make some absolutely hilarious mishaps when he's trying to uh, catch the ball and just absolutely mosses people. Uh, so I think really the only thing is maybe keep an eye out on, on Georgia to see if, if, if they, if they're trying to maybe negative recruit our depth chart or, or something like that. But I still think we'll see Kojo and Scarlett Gray when it's all said and done.
0: Yeah. The one thing that I would be concerned about is how little the ball has been spread around over the last year plus, uh, to the wide receivers. I mean, obviously when you have players like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, um, although he didn't have a catch this past weekend, um, they're gonna they're gonna garner a lot of the attention from the quarterbacks but like when you have as many talented wide receivers as ohio state has and as, as brian hartland is recruited to not be able to get some of those other guys julian fleming the number one receiver in the country um hasn't had i mean maybe 10 catches at most and that's just off the top of my head uh, i could see that being something where other schools negatively recruited. They they have too many. They only go to their top two guys. Obviously, Jackson Smith and Jigba had a great game against Oregon, but really wasn't targeted much at all against Tulsa. Um, and granted, C.J. Stroud didn't have a great game, um, but it, it, I, I could see that as being an issue. You know, sometimes having too much of a good thing becomes a bad thing, and and hopefully that's not the case with uh, Brian Hartline's broad receiver room, but I could definitely see that being something that other schools try to harp on when uh, going up against Ohio state for wide receivers.
1: Oh yeah. It's just a giant chess match between all these coaches trying to get the best, best uh, point of view and opinions uh, to the kids and, and and show them that they're, this is the best place for them. And I'm I'm sure that the other schools are saying, saying, Oh, they they don't throw their deep wide receiver room, all that. But uh, I think another part of that is, is the, some pretty tough games earlier on in the schedule of Minnesota and Oregon. So I think hopefully during Akron this week and, and maybe some of the other – yeah, yeah hopefully during Akron this week we'll get to see some of the, some of the young guys come out and, and hopefully we can you know, put, put, put enough distance between us and Akron in the first quarter. Or I'll be optimistic here and say the first quarter, but hopefully the first half that we get to see some of these young receivers out there and, and what they can do because I, I, I think even in, the, in the, the few snaps they have gotten, I can tell that Julian Fleming, he's, he's going to be something special.
0: I hope so. Yeah. Between him and uh, and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ibuka and Jaden Ballard even, because he mm-hmm. gets, kind of gets lost in the shuffle a- as well, despite being another really highly recruited guy. Um, it'd be nice to see that happen. I have an article that went up on Monday saying that maybe there needs to be a look at getting another quarterback in there for this week at least. Um, so maybe go check that out and see how uh, I think that should go down. But um It'll be interesting. Ohio State's like yeah. a literally a fifty point plus or fifty three. I forget what the actual number is at this point. Um, fifty plus yeah, point favorite. I think
1: it favorite. was fifty three, and now it's dropped dropped it uh, yeah
0: 49 right now oh 40 to 53 to 49 huge difference I'm still not yeah, touching. To
1: 49 <laughs> I am
0: not touching that thing I've watched Ohio State this season I'm not touching that thing uh, one way or the other because I think they absolutely could cover that number but I'm not gonna bet on it and I'm not gonna bet against it uh, a, a, a fool and his money are quickly parted so I will not be a fool in that regard but yeah. <laughs> All right, Shane. I appreciate it. And thank you all for listening to this episode of Land, Grant Holy Land's The Dotted Line podcast. Thank you, Shane, as always, for being a part uh, of the show in the show notes and in the article version of this episode of LandGrantHolyLand.com. We will have a link to your Twitter account. But of course, if you are a true Buckeye fan, you are already following him on Twitter at BuckeyesCruton. That's B u c k e y e s. C-R-O-O-T-I-N. And if you are finding this episode on landgrantholyland.com, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We are cranking out at least one episode every single day throughout this entire football season, and they've all got some unique perspective or voice that you cannot hear anywhere else in the Buckeye podcasting universe. Also, don't forget to follow LandGrantHolyLand on Twitter at Landgrant33, and you can find me at BWWMatt. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon, and as always, go Bucks.